This is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can email us at k12techtalk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can hang out with us on K-12 Tech Pro. Join the community there. Uh, We vet the members, K-12 Tech Departments only. Uh, This is a special episode right here, right now. We're hanging out with Absolute, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. We have Christy Wyatt, the CEO of Absolute. Let's listen to that interview. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. All right, so I have with me Josh, and then I have Christy Wyatt, the CEO of Absolute. Uh, We got to hang out with Oliver and Warren uh, several episodes back, and Josh and I, we said they're not good enough. We want to go higher. So, Christy, thanks for hanging out with us today. (laughs) Thank you for having us back. And I'm sure you're humble, and and Oliver and Warren, all all of your team are great people, but uh, we did uh, get a little bit excited to get to hang out with you. So, would you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and how you came to Absolute? Sure. Uh, so I've been with Absolute about four and a half years now. Um, I'm a uh, software developer originally. I've been in Silicon Valley for almost 30 years. Um, so I've been in a whole host of different companies, um, Motorola, Apple, Palm, Um I've been in doing specifically cybersecurity for a while, maybe the last 10 years. I'd say after we sold Motorola to Google, I was in Citigroup for a period of time. I had a, worked with a small startup called DTEX. I had another company called Good Technology, which we sold to BlackBerry. Um, so I've, 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 I've been connected to tech in a whole bunch of different ways over a period of time. I first met Absolute when I was still in my last company. Um, and they approached us for a collaboration. And like many folks, I had not, wasn't aware of them. I didn't actually know who Absolute was. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's a, a security platform based out of Vancouver that's embedded in the BIOS of every PC on the planet. How have I never heard about this? <laughs> um, and it was kind of an enigma to me. I, I swear that's the question that starts most uh, most conversations. And I'm a I'm a tech person, and I just thought this was the most powerful platform I could imagine. Imagine how much more. Uh, compelling and how much more resilient you could make a whole bunch of different things um, if you could leverage that. And so but that's the Palm why I'm here. Pilot was a pretty powerful device. I have been so incredibly blessed. I got to work <laughs> on, you know, I first moved, I'm originally Canadian. I first got to move to Silicon Valley. This is going to date me because we were launching. You jobs. already said the word Palm and Blackberry. Yeah. You already no, no, but I, I worked for Sun Microsystems bit. and we were launching Java. So I came to, <laughs> oh, Cooper, wow. you know, to launch Java. So. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a, it's a while. We've been doing okay, this. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll date myself. I was working in a computer repair shop, um, and this was back, I guess, Toy Story timeframe when it first came out, and a Sun Microsystems toaster computer walked in and and someone they're like i don't know how to turn this thing on it's like you don't understand what you have and we we don't know how to turn it on either i have no idea how this person came across uh, a sun you know one of those toaster pc yeah or, yeah it, it, that was workstations wild. yeah that's awesome so we we've We've hung out with Absolute over the course of six six episodes, and uh, the ongoing question you kind of touched on it is, "What is Absolute?" Uh, would you would you 
talk about that general question. If if I am new to K-12 tech, if I am new to working for a tech department, if I'm trying to figure out, hey, this absolute company, uh, the K-12 Tech Talk podcast keeps talking about them. Would you just explain what is absolute? What does it do? Absolutely. So we are the only cybersecurity platform that is embedded inside PCs and computers. Um, so, so pretty much for the last 15 plus years, we have a tiny piece of technology that's been embedded inside um, PCs, laptops. Um, we also support macOS devices and Chromebooks. We do it in a slightly um, different way. Um, why do you care about that? You care about that because there's a whole bunch of different stuff that you can do when you are truly resilient, when you are embedded in the hardware. So for the longest time, and actually Absolute as a company started in the education market, we originally started almost 30 years ago. The original use case was um, kids were getting PCs for the first time in one-to-one -one laptop initiatives. They could sign them up and take them home. Backpacks were getting stolen. You'd reinstall the operating system and go sell that device. Um, and so you needed a, a technology platform that could survive any event. Um, and that's what being embedded in the hardware allows us to do. So we have a couple of different pieces that are um, that a lot of our education customers use even to this day, um, really around kind of visibility and control. So how do you see all of your devices? We've all acquired hundreds of thousands of devices, millions of devices over the last couple of years, especially through the pandemic. Where are they? How do you get them back at the end of the year or when that student is graduating and leaving the school? Um, what applications are there? Are they safe? Are they installed? You're, you know, these schools are spending an increasing amount of money on security applications to keep students safe and connected and productive. Um, that technology technology doesn't just work, right? It, it has to be installed. It has to be updated. It has to be patched. And so again, from inside the hardware, we can we can be that patching and that healing and that immune system for the device. So we can track your stuff, we can find your stuff, we can help you get it back, and we can help keep it healthy while it's out there. I guess would you talk about what does that look what does that look like? So I'm a I'm a tech department with a bunch of Windows computers. Um and I and I I want to sign up with Absolute. So do I get like a management console? Yeah. Um how can you just talk a little bit, even the differences between Windows PC to a Chromebook, just unpack that a little bit for us. You would see them all a lot the same way. You 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 have a console, um, you would see all of your devices and assets, um, and there's a whole host of different things you can see about them. You can see what versions they are, what operating systems they're running. People underestimate the complexity of what you guys are really managing out there. There's over 300 different versions of Windows, uh, versions and patches and configurations. And so, you know, a school needs to understand, is everything up to date? Is everything safe? If there's a vulnerability or, or some sort of uh, virus that's making the rounds, who's going to be vulnerable to it? How do I get these devices cleaned? Um, if we've installed um, learning management software or if there's other uh, applications that are important to the student's day-to-day -day life, are those things installed? Are they running? So we have dashboards um, on the web-based console that they can take a look at where are their devices, what applications are there, um, what you can uh, geofence and geolocate. So a lot of what we were doing during the pandemic was helping people understand where were those devices, right? Are they in the district? It's the end of the year. How do we help them get them back? Um, people don't have infinite amount of resources to be able to to be able to go and sort of collect all of these assets. And so how do we make it easy for them to be able to manage them remotely? So it's all through a web-based console. 
Um, they can see their applications, they can see their devices, um, and they can take action on them. One of the most common things we get used for is freezing devices. So if a device is lost or stolen, we can freeze it, uh, meaning that uh, it doesn't really matter what you do to it. You can't recover it. It is kind of frozen from within the hardware. Um, and in some cases, we can work with law enforcement to retrieve that device and, and sort of get those assets back. Now, increasingly, data is living in the cloud. So, so different schools have different policies for, 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 for sort of whether they're interested in the device, the hardware or the software. But overall, you know, we're looking at the integrity and the resilience of, of the technology overall and making sure that it's there and it's locked and it's connected. The last piece that we, we have is more of a professional services piece um, we call reclamation as a service. And one of the things we noticed during the pandemic is that schools were really having a hard time with, with what I'd call the fleet management part of, of the job. You have these devices, they're distributed everywhere. People are moving around. They're, you know, they're from year to year. These devices are getting more and more distributed. You know, they don't necessarily, they didn't get 15 more people to go um, manage the reclamation, collecting those devices back, refreshing them. So we actually have a service that will help schools do that, right? We will use our technology and our services to actually work with the district to, to help folks kind of send those devices back in, get them cleaned, get them back to the school. So we can kind of be an extension of the organization. So... Um, is it fair to kind of classify absolute as an MDM as a mobile, it, it, when you, when you think of that typical mobile device management type platform, is it, is it fair to say that, or do you guys is, I'm sure you add value beyond a regular MDM, but, um, I, I, so I always pause on that one. There are certainly people who use us that way, but there are other people who use us beside an MDM. Um, okay. So again, if I have somebody who's using a workspace one um, or some other, you know, endpoint management Intune, um, we can work again to make Intune work better. We often get used to make Intune persistent or we will make SCCM or BitLocker persistent. Okay. So whatever tools the school is using to manage and secure those devices, think of us as kind of the glue, right? How do you, how do you make that technology stick to that device? So what do I mean by, by healthy, right? If it's patch Tuesday and everything, you know, patch rolls out and everybody right. kind of gets updated, we all know there's a lot of breakage that happens, right? There's a lot of devices that get part of the way through through the patch or they unencrypt and they never re-encrypt or whatever the, the state is. That's 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 kind of something we would observe, we would notice with our resilience product and we would say, hey, um, something's wrong with Workspace ONE. Let's fix it, repair it, restore it. If, for some, if something has happened in that security application or that application has gone offline, it's been removed, it's been tampered with, you know, we will call home, redownload it, and reinstall it, no matter where that user is. So that, that student could be at home, they could be on summer break, they could be wherever they are. Um, but our, our technology is sort of working from inside the device to kind of restore and heal those security technologies and those management capabilities. So we do have some control. You can see things, manage them, freeze them. We certainly can do that. Yeah. I'd say UEMs and MDMs do a lot of stuff that we don't do. Okay. Um, and so we can be quite complementary. And a okay. lot of people use us with an Intune or with a Workspace One. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what are some of the common themes or challenges that that you that Absolute can assist school districts with? And what are some of the common challenges that you guys are seeing? The, the first one has always been our core focus. You know, it's what we've been doing for 20 plus years, which is 
helping them manage their fleets of devices, whether they are still in the school and just leaving the school sporadically or whether they are truly a remote learning environment or somewhere in between. Um, you know, we try to simplify how do you manage those devices. It's not about the value of the hardware. And we work very closely with our hardware partners. So I'm not minimizing the value of hardware, but at scale, right? It's one thing when you have 10 devices in a cart. It's another thing when you have 60,000 students in a district. That is a fleet management challenge that even the most sophisticated enterprise can struggle with. And schools have very unique capabilities, as you guys, or 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 dynamics, as you guys know, which is the average enterprise does not have to get those devices back on a regular basis. They sort of send them out there and they let them out there. So this fleet management, the device reclamation, um, you know, where there are more schools that are increasing their investment in in student safety and and, and privacy. Right. How do we use that resilience capability to be, make those tools better so that they're getting the full value of what they're spending? People don't often realize how frequently these technologies uh, fail or how frail these technology stacks are. If you're in IT, you understand it, but the average end user does not understand it. Right. You think that if you've installed you know, an MDM on your devices, you've installed it and it's working everywhere. Um, our research shows, and we publish a report on our website that shows it's, you know, it's about 30%, um, or I call it 30 cents on the dollar of where wow. things, where you've spent money on technology and it's not where you think it is. And it's not bad quality, it's complexity. Sure. If the average device has 100 apps and 10 plus security or management apps on them, there's a lot of complexity in there. And so one thing stops working, another thing stops working, and you know, unless unless you have a steady stream of folks bringing it into the IT shop to fix it, it's just going to stay not working until those devices come back in from the field. Yeah, we can close that gap. It, it's you know, it's funny you say that about the complexities of of school devices and networks and assets. We we did an interview with the school district over on on your side of the country, and it's uh, one of the largest in the in the country. And he was saying device count wise that they had more devices, more users than the Department of Defense on their network. It's, and then I, I don't know that a lot of people realize, you know, when they think a school network, they're like, oh, yeah, no big deal. It's not that big of a network. But like in my town, when all of our kids are in school, we are by far the largest network in our, well, not our county, because there's a district bigger than us. But in our town, we're the mm -hmm. largest we're the largest network, largest user base, you name it. Um, and when you when you count students and parents as part of that user base, that that number just balloons like crazy. So any anytime you can gain an efficiency of managing hardware, making sure, like you said, making sure that more than 70% of the assets that you've purchased or software packages you've purchased are actually functioning the way they should. Um, yeah, I think you need to, you need to jump on that and, and pay attention to that. Folks don't understand, I think, how rapidly education has changed over the past couple of years. Um, we, again, we publish these state of the endpoint reports, um, and we've done some specifically on education. The average number of applications within the enterprise has always been, you know, in the hundreds and, and security applications is slowly creeping up. Like we, we publish it's maybe 10, 11 security apps per device in the enterprise in any sophisticated mature enterprise. It's probably two to three times that if you're in a bank or any regulated space, it's 
you know, you'd love to get it down to 20 or 30. You, you're probably well, well above that. And I'm talking about management, um, security, you know, all of the stuff required in order to, to manage that device. If I look at kind of the complexity on education devices three years ago, pre-pandemic, right, the number of unique applications we saw in education devices was, you know, measured in the tens. And what we saw through the pandemic was it growing in exponentially, right? So it, it's not yet caught up with enterprise in terms of the number of or, or the, the the exact same profile of security applications, but the curve has been dramatic, yeah. right, in terms of how quickly digitization has come into education and how rapidly these organizations have had to respond and then put it in the hands of children. Right. So that's the other thing that adds to complexity. Right. So like yeah, great idea. Your yeah, end yeah, user yeah. is like, you're not going to coach a, an end user, you know, on, on how to make their end user experience better um, uh, to a 12 year old, right. You're just giving right. them the keys to tinker with stuff. You, you, you want them to kind of not touch any of that. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's play. Um, I'm gonna make this up. Let's call it a uh, cool stories with Christy. Oh, Christy, okay. would you tell us a unique uh, use case or need something that's happened with Absolute over time uh, involving a school district or how a school is using Absolute that kind of sticks out to you as oh, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, do you have any stories like that? Please at least have one. Oh, I have so many. Um... But I don't know any of them are particularly shocking. I think that, um, you know, the the location part of our technology does get often used um, in partnership with law enforcement when we have missing children. Okay. So that's one that um, most people don't don't uh, don't necessarily know. We did um, uh, we did have an incident in the beginning of the pandemic where. Um, uh, and I think it was it was in the news where there was a, a, a student who uh, hadn't uh, hadn't been seen for a while, and the school was looking for them. And they figured if they found the device, they may be able to locate the the family. And so they um, they looked and and uh, and uh, I think there was an article in the paper at one point about a mother who had uh, tried to take her son for a COVID test, and she had him like locked in the back of the minivan or something, oh, not in an unhealthy way, but sort of in a social right. distancing way. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. And so, and so not, not in an unhealthy way, but in a social distancing way. Um, I think other another surprising one that we got, one of our largest customers on the East Coast, um, we have a lot of data and telemetry that comes off of our platform. And we actually have a product called Insights where you can actually take that data and intermix it with other things. Um, and they were using it specifically for the business case on the life uh, lifespan of a device. So there's a lot of work going on around, you know, we've all seen the transition from, from PCs to Chromebooks, um, especially in K through 12 and, and what how that mix is shifting. You know, our view is it's probably somewhere around 20%, uh, 15 to 20% in sort of non-PC endpoints um, right now. Um, but they wanted to understand... Um, what is the actual lifespan of a of a device in <laughs> their environment so that they could manage their budget, right? So if their budgeting process assumed, and in this particular environment, they they had a budgeting process that assumed every device got refreshed in four years, and they were able to use our data to show that every PC actually refreshed every five years. Um, Chromebooks, you know, maybe closer, much much shorter than that. So, you know, the, the, the ROI piece is actually quite interesting because some of the lower cost devices clearly churn much faster, right? So if you'd look at the the total cost of ownership over time, I don't know that you end up seeing that big of a difference, but 
but uh, that's another sort of unique place where our, our data, it's not necessarily the reason you bought us, but when, when you have the data, there's a whole host of different uh, of uh, opportunities and, and questions you can answer. Okay. So I, I have to say why I'm laughing and I'm sure you've noticed me over here giggling. Um, we, there was a study that came out from, what was it, Chris? P-I-R-G. Yep. Perg. Um, Perg. Yeah. That, that, did a study on Chromebook usage and more or less was taking issue with the amount of e-waste with Chromebooks because they don't last as long and and calling Google on the carpet. And we, we interviewed the person that was behind this study and uh, Lucas. It is, Lucas, it's just funny that you bring up PC life cycle of five years and Chromebooks life cycle might be shorter. It, it's just, it's quite a bit shorter, but it, it is. But I also think part of that is the usage model, right? Where you tend to see them getting sent in. They might be getting sent in at different grade levels. So you're going to see different usage pattern. I think people have a different view on um, sort of the asset itself because, uh, you know, there was a view that, you know, if it's a more expensive device, you know, you probably have a different set of policies versus if it's, you know, if it's a A lower cost device and it gets lost. Right. Um, and actually, we did see quite a few customers who, when they were doing their large um, Chromebook fleets, thought, well, we could do less with management, right? We, It's okay, because if the odd backpack gets stolen, we'll just replace it. The device is low cost enough. Um, and then actually ended up coming back and actually deploying absolute broadly across all of the Chromebooks, even, even more broadly than they were before. And the reason is just we're back to complexity, right? It doesn't actually matter what the devices are when you have a large number of them. Complexity is going to be your enemy. And hmm. so it's the the cost of management, not the cost of the hardware that you need right. to be thinking about. Um, I think you pick the right tool for the right student at the right moment um, for whatever their learning environment is. And 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 try to you know focus as best we can on making it most efficient and, and as simple as possible to manage that within your environment. Okay. As Would you compare? Oh, go ahead, Josh. You got something? Well, I, I was going to talk about comparing, but we kind of talked about comparing Absolute to an MDN yes. already. So, um, give us some examples of the biggest benefits that you see with school. So we've already talked about the ROI piece. We've talked about that making sure. The applications that you expect to be running on your devices are actually running on your devices. What other benefits does Absolute have that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I mean, we have the, the resilience piece, I think, is is kind of the most critical one. And I think that um, we also spend a very large amount of time working with our customers to make sure that we are sort of supporting their relationship with their communities. So device retrieval is a great Example of that, I talked about reclamation as a service. One of the challenges that some of our um, school customers have shared with me is that it's hard being the bad guy, right? It's hard going to those houses and saying, I want that device back. And in some environments, that might be the only device in the house, right? It might be the only right. the only thing that connects. And so, you know, how do we how do we help them do the right thing for their district and also help them manage that relationship within the community as best we can? And so so, you know, I think we have to, um, in many cases, adopt their tone, right? I had a customer who worked with us and said, listen, when you're messaging with our community, it needs to sound like this, right? It, it, we, we, we want to show up in this way to our community, not, you know, it, other, other customers say, like, if you do not return this device by this date, we will be calling the police. You know, another customer may say, um, oh, my gosh, I would never say that to a family in my district. I, I never, ever want to be viewed as somebody on the opposite side of the table as as the families. And so 
not just giving them the tools, but becoming an extension of their team. I, I'm, I'm a mom of four. Um, and I'm, you know, we go into these schools and we see how stretched the budgets are and how tough it is to manage. And as I said, this wave of complexity that's come in over the past couple of years, right? How do we, how do we manage that and become an extension of that organization um, as opposed to kind of being this heavy layer on top? All right. Maybe last question. There's probably going to be a follow-up. I don't know, but is there anything else about absolute that for the good of the cause, you want to make sure that you said while you're, while you're stuck in a room with, with Josh and I. Well, almost everything we've talked about is about our secure endpoint product line, which is um, which really kind of the, 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 the products that we've most actively worked with our education customers with. Um, but we now have a secure access product line, which is um, uh, a, a, a VPN and, Z, and ZTNA uh, endpoint client, resilient secure access client. Um, and so why do you care, right? I think as these organizations are, are sort of taking on more complexity and there is more and more um, exposure for, for children out within the digital environment, you know, making sure that the school is not becoming a conduit to harmful content is also one of the things. And again, it's one of those balancing acts because, you know, we don't necessarily want to be overly intrusive. And at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that you are putting up enough guardrails. And so um, this is a, a company we acquired about two years ago. Um, it is not a, a company, it was a company called Netmotion and it was not a company, it was, it's in the majority of first responders, I think uh, across North America. So they're very much focused on great user experience, high performance. They work on mobile as well as de desktop devices. So iOS and tablets, et cetera. But one of the really exciting things that we just announced um, there's kind of two exciting things that that kind of make sense for this customer base. Um, way to one is the data and telemetry. So if you're trying to understand within your district where who's having coverage issues, right? Where are their coverage gaps, and how am I making a more resilient network? Some people may be in low bandwidth issues, or may have to go use public Wi-Fi somewhere, or you know, depending on where the student is, you know, we can create a better user experience and a better connection for that student using this technology and deliver better information back to the organization about where those pockets are. You know, where where are the connectivity um, sort of gaps? And then the really exciting thing that we are just launching right now um, is our is our uh, software gateway, which actually gives you some amount of I don't want to call it content filtering, but a student so you can set policies if a student uh, if you don't want students accessing sites that have certain kinds of private information or certain kinds of content. Um, you know, it will block out on a content level, right, at, at a very okay. fine-grained level. So you will still see that page, but you just won't see sort of what's in those boxes. Um, or you will not see, you know, you will not be able to go onto a per private banking website and uh, input private information in some environments. That's kind of a requirement. So there's kind of an extension of resilience beyond the device out to creating a resilient connection to the student, even when they're not on campus, um, which we think is going to be very powerful in the coming years for education. Awesome. I think um, I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to get this. We'll, we'll we'll put links to several of these things that you've talked about today into the podcast description. I think Thank some you. of the studies that you talked about earlier would be nice to read. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious that the some of the the device adoption for Chromebooks that rate. I'm I'm kind of curious as to that rate because I I would have thought Chromebooks would have been much higher adoption rate over Windows devices, um, I guess, maybe 
iPads are in that mix too. So yeah, that I would be interested in your reports. Yeah, we actually used to have during the pandemic, we had a dashboard on our website. You could see enterprise versus um, education and um, enterprise was like, you know, less than two or three percent was non windows. And, uh, you know, education was, as I said, approaching 20 percent. Now, if you look at it as a percentage of total devices being sold right now, it's much higher than that. But there's such a huge install base there. Sure. um, That's probably what, what you'll see. But we're happy to send it to you. That'd be great. And we've mentioned Oliver several times. He's been our point of contact. Uh, Christy, do you recommend Oliver who people will get a hold of if they have questions or want to know more about Absolute? Oliver or Warren, both are okay. fantastic. Both were on your show. Um, we like Warren. Oliver's email address. It's yeah. oschmidt yeah. at absolute.com. All right, Christy. Well, thank All you right. so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you for having us. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.